0: Supply chain and marketing are a winning combination for all businesses, but how do you collaborate and bring these two teams together for end-to-end efficiency? Well, if you want to learn more, go and check out the episode I did with Warren from Olivan SCM, and that is in Season 2-Episode 52. and in your supply chain. This episode was produced in collaboration with Border Buddy, the most innovative online customs platform out there. And here is what Graham, the founder, has to say. How long does it take you to get a duty rate or guidance on the right HS classification from your current customs broker? With Border Buddy's new revolutionary self service technology, you will never go traditional again. We have created a platform that allows you to get instant quotes on duties, taxes, and customs fees to import your products into North America. To get 10% off your first clearance, sign up at borderbuddy.com forward slash Let's Talk Supply Chain. Hello, and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. This week, I am moderating the leadership panel at TPM in Long Beach. Plus, I'm gonna be involved in their Woman in Supply Chain afternoon um, with Stand Up to Success or Stand Up in Your Success, which I'm really, really excited about. So if you are attending, make sure to come and say hi. Today's episode is my Woman in Supply Chain series, part 16, and I cannot wait for you to meet Nezuko trailblazer amazing woman and that's taking like she is going to be taking this show global march is all about going global in my Woman in Supply Chain series. First with Nozuko and then you're going to meet Ilona from Germany um, closer to the end of March in my blog series. Plus, I have a new YouTube channel called the SC Supply Chain TV. Make sure you go and subscribe because we are launching that video series either this week or next week. So stay tuned and you're going to want to be one of the first ones to know about that because in the first video series, we are talking all about... Data. So Hulft is sponsoring this episode today of Woman in Supply Chain. Here's why they support a Woman in Supply Chain episode. The supply chain industry is growing dynamically and yet women still only fill 15% of top level supply chain positions. Hulft believes that gender equality and diversity is critical of an inclusive workforce. We're committed to making a difference where we can. And here's just a little bit about HALFT if you don't know who they are. HALFT provides a single global platform that allows IT to find, secure, transform, and move information at scale. HALFT's seasoned data logistics consultants uncover hidden pain points, automate tedious manual operations, and streamline data flow worldwide. For 25 years, HALFT has helped more than 10,000 customers automate, orchestrate, and accelerate their global data logistics, making it easier on IT and putting data to work for enterprise. If you want to learn more, go and visit them at Hulft, H-U-L-F-T-I-N-C.com. You can also go hear more about them. They were featured in my season two um, just a little while ago. So go and check out their um, their episode. And before we jump into the episode, let's talk about Listener's Corner. This one got a lot And I mean a lot of conversations started in various different groups on LinkedIn as well as on email. So the question was, ask anything. If you could only ask one question to a VP of transportation of an enterprise business, what would you want to know? And that was from Peter in New York. So over on LinkedIn, we had a lot of people participate. Prateek Mera participated a few times in inspired supply chain logistics executives. How much of an impact will advancement technologies such as 3D manufacturing have? Uh, Donald Mandoka, how do you use data to predict holiday season orders? We had Arshad Hussain, is logistics, transportation, supply chain, an art or a science? That's a very good question. He means that it's governed by a set of facts, theories, and principles, or is it more abstract? Oh, I'm sorry. That was from Andrew Nutting, actually. Arshad Hussain said, what is the biggest challenge which transportation industry is facing now? Ivo Borisov says, as VP of Transportation, what are you passionate besides transportation? When Rong says, what is the current transportation efficiency and with advanced technology analytics, how much potential to improve and when is the boom time? We also had Zubir, he said, on Uh, He agreed with Osman, which Osman actually said, is real-time connected supply chain really needed or not? And then he said he wanted to add, in a world of automation and technology, what are the key leadership skills? Mabel, where do you see the trend of transportation five years from now, considering the rate of technology advancement? And by email, Erica Howell, she is going to be actually featured in my Woman in Supply Chain series, coming up on the blog. She asks, what concerning transportation trends should transportation professionals be helping you solve over the next three years? Love, love, love that question. Remember to join in on the conversations at LinkedIn, Instagram and Twitter every single Wednesday and send me your questions to listener at letstalksupplychain.com So today I am super excited to introduce to you the one, the only Nozuku Maeza as part 16 of my Woman in Supply Chain series. Again she is helping this show go global because she is situated in South Africa. And recently Nozuko was one of the top three finalists for the 2000 2018 influential women in trucking award. And in my quest to ensure I feature global women, Nozuko comes to us again from South Africa and she is the managing director of Tulsa Wiz logistics. So let's learn a little bit more about her. Nizuko is the founder of a logistics company called Tulsa Wiz Logistics, founded in 2012. Before becoming a trucker, she was a banker for seven years and now is one of the few women in the logistics business across the African continent. She's been profiled by South African Broadcast Corporation twice during Women's Month celebration. Her business has presence in West Africa and in the SADC region. She was nominated by the British Chamber of British Chamber for Business Owner of the Month. She was one of the finalists in Africa's biggest transportation awards for 2018. Also, was nominated for the Woman in Trucking Awards and was the first African to make it to the finals. So, welcome to the show, Nozuko.
1: Oh, thank you, thank you so much. Um, I'm, it's an honor to be in, on your
0: show. Great, great. Well, thank you so much for saying yes to this interview. You are coming to us from South Africa, which is amazing because I want to extend this Woman in Supply Chain series and I want to be able to interview women globally. So I'm super, super excited to have you on the show, hear about your journey, and talk about everything that you are doing in supply chain. So let's not waste another minute. Let's get started. So why don't you tell us about your journey? How did you get started? What was your path? And what do you do today?
1: Oh, well, thank you once again for having me on your show. Uh, My journey in supply chain has been kind of a roller coaster, First of all, I faced dynamics that I didn't anticipate. Um, You know, in Africa, if you're a woman, your place is in the kitchen. Uh, But I underestimated um, the backlash that I was going to get from from the supply chain. It is so male-dominated. You do not even want to do anything. You know, you just have to accept that. But um, over a year or so, when I was battling to really get Good contracts. Um, I I had to take a step back, think long and hard. I have a family um, to support. Do I still want to keep on um, banging on these doors to open for me or should I just leave it and and go back into the banking sector? But something just um, 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 told me to to continue. You know, I was like, I'm not going to go back to something that is not my passion. A supply chain is my passion. So I continued. What I did, I had to relook at my business model. So I had to make some few changes um, um, to, to address the issues of uh, women not really being recognized in the industry. So I had to come with a very strong business model that would display my capabilities because the issue was um, always um, you are a woman. This is Africa. Um, um, we have crime um, issues in the in the country and in the continent. How are you going to manage that as a woman? And um, drivers are all males. Um, so how are you going to manage males? So it was the how. Of all of those dynamics that I really had to look into and come up with a strong solution, uh, so I managed to put together a great team, and we came with good strategy to to counter that. And um, I would say that um, things have become much better because now at least we work with big corporates, and we're one of the few women-led um, a supply chain companies in the country that are recognized by by the captains of the industry. Um, And uh, fortunately, not even in South Africa, only now um, in the continent. And I would say um, globally, because, you know, as you know, I was in the States recently. So it's been a tough journey. I, I don't even know how I've made it this far. You know, it's every day I have to push Myself, I have to push the team, you know, to do exceptionally well. If you're a woman, you have to prove it beyond any reasonable doubt that you can be in the supply chain industry.
0: Absolutely. And I love your story. And thank you. I just want to say thank you for everything that you're doing in the industry, and especially for women in the industry, women in Africa that want to and women globally, really that want to get into supply chain that you know, because we talk about in North America, it being very male dominated, but globally and in other parts of the world there's, you know, even more challenges to overcome. And it's, you know, even more male dominated than we have it Mm -hmm. here in in North America. And you are a trailblazer, you are doing some amazing things you are, you are overcoming. And I'm glad you made that decision. I'm glad that, you know, you know, despite family, despite maybe, you know, people, you know, saying you can't do it or or that it's really not your place, I'm glad you made that decision. And thank you so much for what you're doing for women in supply chain.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Sarah.
0: So you talk a little bit about what it has been like being a woman in supply chain in South Africa. Um, Can you talk a little bit more about that and how you've maybe, how you built your team and how you have um, helped your team maybe in um, managing the expectations and managing being a woman in supply chain and managing those relationships with, you know, a lot of the males in the industry?
1: Um, I had to bring some females um, uh, to be part of the team, though initially I really wanted female at the executive level, but that was not going to cut it for me in the industry. So I had to have males to come join us uh but then um also i didn't want to compromise uh, the the vision of having female executives so i have i had to find a balance um having five males and four males you know i, I mean and four females so that worked pretty well so we would plan when we go to pitch the business that okay uh <laughs> the opening line of any meeting um uh, we're going to have the man you know just doing the opening it's more of a cultural thing in africa that a man has got to open the discussion and and all of that but the nitty of the of of the deal and and the deal and the deal in itself, in terms of um, 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 uh, talking the client through um, that, I always maintain that it's got to be a woman because um, I wanted to 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 let the males know that females can be technical. They are good in numbers. They are good in putting a very good strategy together. And um, another thing, I had to take all the female executive on a road tour to all the countries that. We, we operate, um, from in the, in the country. Um, so when we speak to our clients, we will tell them about the roads from experience, not something that we've read on paper, not a research document from a particular university. So this is how we've managed to, to, to crack the market. Um, we are now, I would say a resource center. Um, um even mails now they do get sent to us for some information. Uh when we call our client, for instance, for any work, we we'll tell them about the road infrastructure in South Africa and in the continent. And I mean we know the size of every pothole you'll find in the continent. We know every um toll gates, you know, all the dynamics they you know in Africa it's different. Um, everything it's human managed. We don't have um, systems, you know, where everything is just system based. So we come with solutions to all of that. Um, so that's how we've managed to be um, a recognized um, a supply chain company is to really, really look at the um, um, uh, problems that the industry is facing in the country and in the in the continent and bring solutions Doable solutions and um, tailor-made solutions as well. As you know that in in supply chain we will transport different commodities. You know, so each each client, um, um, uh, we bring a solution that is specific to them. So that's what has made us to be um, outstanding and you know regarded as one of the promising logistics companies in 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 the country.
0: Amazing. And you invested in your people. Yes, You took them on that road trip, you educated them and you invested in them. Mm-hmm. And I think that that also makes a big difference, especially for women in the industry, you know, for them to do the experience, have that experience. And like you said, not just be on pen and paper. Mm-hmm. So I love that. And, you know, that is a really great way of Investing in your people and showing that you're you yourself is committed as well. So you talked about being in the banking sector, and you talked about the decision to go into supply chain at a very, maybe risky, maybe challenging time. Can you tell us a bit about that decision making? You know, what is the supply chain industry like in South Africa? Like you said, I guess it's less technical, you know, more manual, that kind of thing. Maybe walk us through that decision that you made to take that challenge head on and go into supply chain anyways.
1: Um, you know, it was not a decision, to an easy decision to take. One, banks... Are- Class, everything is system based, you know. Um, like you have banking in North America, that's how our banks are in South Africa. But logistics is different, so it was um, a, a serious mind shift in terms of um, how one does business. Um, um, so I had to unlearn quite a few things um, that I learned in, in the banking sector. Um, though at the beginning, I wasn't sure whether I should leverage on that um, 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 knowledge, um, you know, and bring it into the logistics. But then um, I thought about it a bit and I was like, OK, I first need to earn my place in the industry before I bring out, say, innovation uh, into the logistics space. Um it was very difficult, I must say, in the beginning. I mean, even how, the way you present your your business, it, it's different. It's just two completely different worlds. Um, uh, the first three years, I always tell people it was more like a feasibility study. You know, I was learning everything around um, logistics. And I, that helped me. You know, I tell people all the time that what has kept me going all these years is knowledge. I had to get as much knowledge as I could at the beginning and build a very solid foundation. As a woman, I could not afford to have a, 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 a foundation that is shaking because already I was not um, um, trusted enough to be able to carry through. So I had to acquire knowledge. How did I do that? I, I had to research more about the, the logistics industry, um, uh, look at, for information from 50 years back until now. And then from there, I had to look at the recent years, and hence the trip that I told you about. So I then had to discard some of the information that was no longer relevant and use the first-hand information. Um, so that's, that's just how I managed to sort of build it from scratch, I would say, because now even the big logistics companies in the country, um, whenever they bring us on board, they, they, they don't only work with us simple because uh, they have partnered with a female owned business, but they're interested more on the innovation side that we bring into the business. And it's, it's on real time. It's practical and it's more on African issues. For instance, I'll make an example, um, about, um, uh, when you drive a truck to, um, our neighbor country, I would mention one, Zimbabwe. I'm not sure if you know it. It's not really a great country in terms of infrastructure. And we've got an app that would detect everything around the truck, um, um, 100 kilometers away. Um, so it would give me a signal when there is a human interaction on the outside of the truck, you know, because by then, you've got to be alert. It's either there's a robbery that is about to take place, or fatigue of the driver, or anything like that. Whereas uh, the big logistics companies, they only have a system that is talking about the load, but not the truck in itself. And the risk is around the truck, not so much the load. Uh, Things like tire burst, you know, um, sometimes um, um, when the truck is moving to cross Across the border, um, um, the, the 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 what they always face is 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 theft. Is um, sometimes delay at the borders. Sometimes it's it's just human interaction. Maybe the drivers because we always send two drivers. So it's all of those things. So it does tell me when the truck is not stable. So that's how we've managed to protect our goods inside the truck. So that um, solution is well received by the industry. So now everyone is asking us about that um, uh, information and that's how we've managed to, 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 to stay on the course and, you know, um, uh, move with the big guys at the same time.
0: I love that. So not only are you a trailblazer in your industry in Your country, you are also a trailblazer when it comes to innovation and you are taking the bigger companies head on and kudos to you because, you know, you're just you're taking that risk. You're just plowing through it. And I'm sure you've made mistakes along the way, but you've learned from them. And uh, you've turned it into a very, very successful career. And I, I love hearing about that. I, I really just love that. And I know that the audience is really going to love that as well. So I think what we've been talking about is the biggest risk that you took in your career was really just stepping into supply chain at that time. And when the industry was, you know, extremely male dominated. So I just want to ask you quickly, do you think it paid off?
1: Oh, yes, it did. Oh, yes, it did. Not for myself, only for other women as well. Sarah, I get invited to women's events across the country to go and encourage women to really come on board because we we, we've got no women in this industry. And I think we do need them. One who is me. You know, I've introduced innovation and there are many other things that are still needed, you know. And for for it to really be at a world-class level, it will take so many women. So I always make a call that please, women, do come and join me in this industry. And I mean, um, um, you know, two is better than one. Um, we need a unanimous voice as women. I think I have done enough, you know, by myself and a few that is there. And, you know, Sarah, the problem is that. There are women, however, they are employed by big companies, you know, and then you get someone like me, and probably there is a few out there who are owners of the business, right? So now you have a situation where if we sit as women in supply chain, my challenges are different from Sarah, who's working for this big international logistics company. So that was my problem at the beginning that we could be about 50 women in logistics and you find out that there is two or three that are are business owners. The rest, they've done well, but they're working for corporates, you see. So now change has got to come from As business owners, because remember um, uh, those women, the, 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 the hierarchy of corporate. You know, when you have to implement something, it takes longer. So we are the ones that have got the voice. So that was my frustration because everything that is written on newspaper, everything that is said about women in logistics, it is coming from women that are working for big corporates. Nobody was paying attention on how do we get women to get started, and and you know. I, the the reason there wasn't focus on that is because male themselves in South Africa they have not started the logistics business for them. You know they always go and work in all these well established. Um, 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 logistics companies, and I, I, I just said to myself, Africa is a continent where supply chain is needed. As you know, Africa, we don't have road infrastructure, etc. So it is an opportunity for everyone to start their own business and start it with with the solutions that we know that will work for Africa, because the world class, um um, um companies that are here, they don't really understand the, the, the dynamics of of, of of Africa. They would come and get a contract and still go and subcontract a local because a local I know how to get to a certain village. I know that I need to work with locals. I know um that a certain bridge um gets full at a particular season. You know, all those very um um, detailed information, I have it. Um, for instance, I got a call from one of the biggest foundation. It, it, it's uh, owned by one of the richest men in the world. They are supplying, I think, medical equipment in, in, um, in Sierra Leone. Now they have brought the stock and everything and the villages that all that is meant to go to they downplayed the the logistics and no charter no car nothing that could reach that village so i got a call from this executive in south africa and he was asking me if i'd be interested to such an opportunity and I'm still thinking about it. If I'll be able to 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 come up with a solution as soon as possible, I'm capable of coming up with a solution. But I mean, um, that the, the stock is already there, so time is of everything. But um, I met with my team and I just you know, um, told them few ideas that I have, and we've got something in place already in a matter of three days. And um, this. Very big um, 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 supply chain company is now waiting for us to come on board and help them. You know to execute the work that they've already signed for. So Africa is not a place that you can really downplay when it comes to planning on supply chain. You really, really, really have to know your your regions. You really have to know your roads and everything around it pretty well. You really need to know the size of your pothole in Africa because all of those things can really Make you not to service your customer as well,
0: right? And you talk about something very important um, to me, anyways, is collaboration. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that it's going to take that kind of collaboration, putting heads together, um, in any industry, in especially in supply chain, in any country. Um, to really help us move forward and make change. Um, so I have a really quick question for you because you say that, you know, it's a little bit divided between, you know, women-owned businesses versus women working for larger companies. How can we support you as women globally? Like, what what can we do from outside your country uh, to really support you so that you feel more supported in what you're doing over in South Africa?
1: You've already done that? through this podcast because remember people would not buy what they do not know. So the media locally um, does not give a time to small businesses for obvious reasons. They want the, the newspapers to sell. So you've already done that um, by giving me this platform, you know, because it is through talking to various people that they would know about what you are doing. And that's what is lacking in, 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 in Africa. We have all these wonderful things in the continent, like, Women's Day and so forth. And I've always said that the people that are profiled in those big days, um, it's well-established people. You know, they don't look into the upcoming... Um, um, entrepreneurs. So you've already done that. Um, though I have had a fair share of media coverage in South Africa, but I would say that there's still more women that could be covered that are still maybe at a planning phase that could be helped in, you know, by getting that kind of exposure. You needed to have already achieved so much in South Africa to even get that media platform. And I know, Sarah, it takes so much to for to even get that email that we would like you to have on our show. Not everybody has got that energy and the strength to persevere when all the odds against you are against you. So you know, it's it's not that easy. That's just my worry that so many great women uh they don't get to that stage where the media in South Africa they think they they, they, they now good to be profiled on their on their on, on their platforms.
0: Absolutely. And I think even using platforms, maybe like LinkedIn, you know, to connect with you and to talk to you more about what you're doing. And maybe through that platform as well, we can connect with each other and support each other, you know, just even through encouraging messages or, you know, engaging on our posts and um, different things like that. Because I was actually talking to somebody yesterday about, uh, because I post a supply chain question every single Wednesday. And I said, I really want to encourage more women to get involved in that conversation. I have a lot of men that respond and a lot of men that do, you know, engage in the conversation and, and um, you know, put some good advice up there. But at the same time, I'd like to see more women because I think once more women in the industry see the women getting engaged, you know, answering those questions, coming up with you know some advice i think that it would be a lot different i think that we would be able to touch more people and that's just one example mm-hmm. um but i think that you're completely right. So you talk about entrepreneurs, you talk about women that are starting out in South Africa, but I want to talk about, you know, young women in general. So do you have any advice you would give yourself as a young woman about to embark on the journey into supply chain? What can we, what can we tell them? How can we motivate them, give them that inspiration, maybe that little push that they need to get into the industry?
1: Well, um, Young women, um, I would tell them, um, you know, a few things uh, from my own experience that one, you really have to be knowledgeable um, in the male industry. In fact, in anything that one does, honestly, but um, supply chain, you need to get as much information as possibly can. That's one. Two, put everything into practice. When you speak about your, your your, services to the customers. You must know what you're talking about because there's no room of, I will come back to you. you know. So everything is against you as a woman, so you must be 100% sure that you know what you're talking about. So give yourself some time to put all the information together, test it. I know that uh, resources, it's always an issue in Africa, might not allow anyone to do that but do what you can to make sure that You get the information first before you can really take on the bigger guys.
0: Absolutely. And that's really great advice. And I think that, you know, that's the single most important takeaway from this interview and from our conversation is the knowledge, you know, Mm. research, connect with people, network, network um, absorb as much as you can. Um, mm. but I also want to say on, on that side, cause I had a conversation with somebody the other day about how overwhelming some of the information out there is. There's mm. so much information. People are writing so many articles, mm. there's podcasts, there's, there's so much information. And, and what I said to her was, you know, write a list of the supply chain topics that you're passionate about, that you want to learn more about and take control of the content that's out there Mm. Um, so that you're spending the time on the content that you really want to know more about. Um, And I think that, you know, that's important because we also don't want women or or anybody really to get overwhelmed by the content that's out there. But we do want to encourage, you know, learning and continuous learning and and things like that. So I think that's that's really, really important. So, um, you know, looking back on your journey, is there anything that you would have done differently? Not
1: really, Sarah, except that I wish I'd started earlier. You know, it takes time for business to mature. Um, 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 if anything, I wish I'd started earlier. What do I mean by that? Um, in my early twenties, perhaps with less responsibilities, uh, but, um, nevertheless, I've managed to catch up if I could put it that way. Yeah. But the earlier you start, um, um, the
0: better. I would totally agree with that. (laughs) Although I don't know in my twenties if I was ready for it because I was still learning. So on one hand, I would have liked to start earlier, but then on the other hand, um, I think I have all of the tools and the knowledge and and everything that I need at this point to be able to do that. So, and I, you know, knowing business does take, take a little bit of time. Um, I totally
1: agree with you. I totally agree with you. For me, the decision to start my own business actually took three years. So I always tell my staff that I had I've got these three years that I really need to catch up with because I was just thinking and thinking and thinking. I mean, uh, yeah. And the more I was thinking about, OK, it's about time now I start my own thing, the more I was also, you know, making the decisions that would, you know, that won't allow me to live. Um, the full-time employment until there was a serious retrenchment. So I'm also quite aware that, you know, I'm such a person that things have got to really go that bad for me to take such a risk. Um, Though I was not affected, but that was the time for me to leave. You know, when the company was on a massive um, uh, retrenchment, then I was like, okay, I volunteer to, you know, to leave. Maybe someone else can keep the job you know, that is meant to, to be retrenched.
0: Yeah. And so I think the the learning from that is mm. just do it, you know, take yeah. that leap of faith
1: and I just can. do it
0: because I waited for that as well. And <sighs> I, I could have started a lot earlier. Uh, oh, I mean, yeah. I, I did kind of start a little bit earlier, but at the same time, you know, don't stay comfortable, get out of your comfort zone. Yes, And if there's something that you really want to do, just do it. So the, the, um, the last question I have for you is about the future. Um, what's next for Nozuko? What, what are you going to do? What can we look, look out for? Um, you've already done so much amazing things that I just know you're going to be doing so much more. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Um, is to
1: really, really um, um, take the business um, forward and have very strong partnerships uh, ac- across the gro- globe and in in North America. I've already started to speak with with few companies in North America. And in, in Ghana, that is West Africa, we've got partners there. So that, that's what I'm doing for the business. And on the other side is to really get more women to come on board. Um, so I assist in terms of getting started. You know, I give information on how to set up a, a supply chain, you know, company so i do that on weekends um, um i'd really really by the time i retire i'd like to to see many many women in 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 the industry i always tell my staff that uh, success is about the number of women that are getting into the industry and growing not just to be coming on board but they must be able to grow their business so if that can happen then i'll consider myself a successful person otherwise no amount in my bank account can 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 take that away from me it's got to be other women coming on board as well and you know getting this kind of platforms that i'm getting uh, being acknowledged in the state as well you know you mentioned all of that so i'm just pulling all the women that are behind me you know just throwing down the ladder for them to climb up as well.
0: I love that. And so inspiring. And I cannot wait to see what else that you are doing. So not only am I expanding my woman in supply chain series into a blog, but we are going global. And today Nozuko helped me start that off in 2019 with so much amazing advice An inspirational journey to success and with actionable items that you can take with you on your journey and to create your story in supply chain. So for more information about Nozuko and her team and what she is doing, I will have all of the information at Let'sTalkSupplyChain.com forward slash season two dash episode 53. And make sure that you go onto LinkedIn and connect with her because that is where you're going to be able to have those conversations, see what she's up to and even support her in her journey as well. So thank you Nozuko for coming on the show, sharing your journey and being an inspiration to so many others. Well, thank you, Sarah, for having me. I hope that your
1: your audience will enjoy this interview and obviously be inspired. Uh, if there's one person that would be inspired from this, I'll be very happy.
0: If you liked this episode, be sure to check out the other powerhouse women in the podcast series and now in my newest blog series as well. And you can find all of that information and all of those shows and articles over at letstalksupplychain.com under the podcast tab or under the blog tab. In next week's episode, you will be hearing from Ken from the port of Long Beach all about what they are doing over in Long Beach. How they are going to help you move your containers faster. So, and if you want to show the the show some love, there's a few ways that you can do that. Number one is to go to ships.com. That's s h i p z.com. Fill in your information. You will be one of the first people to know once our platform is ready to be launched. Um, Secondly, please go to iTunes and Stitcher and rate and review the show so other people can find the show and I will feature you on an upcoming episode. Follow us, follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram, especially on Wednesdays because that's when we have the most amazing conversations about the supply chain questions that I get from you guys every single week. And lastly, go to shop at letstalksupplychain.com and check out my supply chain dictionary. It is 107 pages full of acronyms and definitions um, for you in supply chain so that you can learn more and be up to date on the acronyms and the definitions that everybody in this industry uses. I hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, everybody, shift happens.